Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess. Ah, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere playing at luckylandslots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18+. Plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Brought to you by the Unhinged Sports Network, now on the Belly Up Sports Network. I am your first host, lifelong wrestling fan, former radio guy, and cat dad, Troy. And with me, as always, is the WWE Walking Wrestling Encyclopedia and the main event collector. He is the Eddie Guerrero to my Rey Mysterio. He's Greg. What's up, Greg? What's up? Finally got a good one. And if I was Justin Roberts, I would have... Made sure uh, I I would have rolled out the R's for Rey Mysterio. Speaking of yeah. Justin Roberts, what's some news on him this week? I huh? like that. I never knew about. <laughs> oh my gosh! Yeah, what what was that? He was on Jerry Springer. Yeah, you didn't watch the clip. No, I was driving at the time. The, you need to watch the clip. It's some of the worst acting you'll ever see. If people were ever confused as to where, whether or not Jerry Springer was legit, this will tell you how not legit it. <laughs> His acting yeah. is terrible. You need to watch this like, right when we're done. It's only please, 50 seconds long. <laughs> please tell me he at least got choked out with a tie. No, oh, that was more entertaining than this, though. Oh, man. Well, that sucks. But if anyone wants to if anyone wants to see it, just type Justin Roberts, Jerry Springer on there. I don't like... <laughs> anyway. Well, this was before Justin Roberts being in the WWE, I believe. We're going all the way back to 2005 for this one today, man. And this was a damn good show. You know... Two weeks ago when I said 1991 SummerSlam wasn't going to make my top five, this one, this one will make my top five. My fave five. five. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. Right? We didn't even plan that, by the way, folks. That's <laughs> sad that our minds went to the same place at the same time. Uh, well, is it weird that this year, and I know we're talking about this in retrospect, but uh, SummerSlam is taking place on a Saturday night? Like, the hell is that about? And in a stadium. Yeah. I that part. I forgot until somebody on Twitter was like, I totally forgot that SummerSlam was on a Saturday. And then I thought to myself, why the F is SummerSlam on a Saturday? 
He's like, now for, I got a plan. Uh, Corey Graves and Jimmy Smith and, and uh, Byron Saxton like, all night were saying Sunday. <laughs> oh, for God's sake. Sunday sure they were. <laughs> and then you got Vince McMahon in the back. God dang it. Say Saturday. Sunday's the NXT show. <laughs> we're talking about SummerSlam 2005. I'm going to assume you watched this one live on pay-per-view, right? I did. Okay, I did not. So this was actually my first time viewing this event start to finish, and I loved it. Uh, not to ruin the final ratings, whatever. I watch, mean, yeah, watching it back, I forgot how much I loved it. Yeah, some people are saying like it's like 2005 was a stacked year for WWE, and not everything was. Oh my gosh, that was how ugh, holy crap! But most things were really damn good. So definitely go back we reviewed uh wrestlemania 21 which was earlier this year correct yes okay yeah so that is now in the archives go check that out that was a good wrestlemania this is going to be uh a damn well, good any, uh, with big show showing his ass is already a good main wrestlemania to me yeah i mean i turned wrestlemania off after that because i was like well that's the main event it's not gonna get any better we like, peaked, folks. Yeah, it's all downhill from Big Show's dimpled ass. <laughs> <sighs> Man, anyway. But yeah, so we're going to dive into all the news and notes, and we have plenty. I didn't think I was going to have a lot, but oddly enough, we have quite a bit. Well, I don't know about oddly enough, but we do have quite a bit that we'll get into. Uh, and they'll be coming up here on the other side of this break. But before we get into that break... The main event, Marks, is sponsored by Fanatics. Get your officially licensed uh, sports gear now over at Fanatics.com. Click on the link down to the podcast description. Let them know that the Unhinged Sports Network and the main event, Marks, sent you. Also, we're excited to announce our new sponsorship with Swift Lifestyles. They are clean energy drinks and focus enhancers great-tasting vitamins, and big-brain nootropics that are made and shipped from the U.S. of A. Go to SwiftLifestyles.com and use our special promo code MAINEVENTMARKS, that's all one word, and get 15% off your order. And for all of you listening on the podcast feed, first of all, thank you. Please subscribe and leave a five-star review. That helps us get seen, and uh, it, we really appreciate the positive feedback or the negative feedback, whatever. We appreciate you know, any feedback you can give us, and we truly read it all, listen to it all, and take it all under advisement. Thank you. Go to our YouTube channel and subscribe as well. Look us up, Main Event Marks. We should pop up right away on YouTube. And uh, subscribe, tick the little notification bell as well, and check out all of our great content on there. But if you are listening that way and you want to hear us live, we play live every Wednesday on the Unhinged Sports Network. It's Unhinged Radio. It is all free, and it is on unhingedsn.airtime.pro. We play live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific, and then the immediate replay is at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, 6.30 p.m. Pacific, right after that show. We also have replays Thursdays, Fridays, and Mondays at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. That's on unhingedsn.airtime.pro. But all right, uh, we're gonna go into our first break. But before we do, I gotta get, I gotta prepare and uh, open up the uh, the old Bud Light. And I don't have to drink for this. I'm just gonna drink for this. Now, if anybody listened to the bonus show last week, uh, you might wanna, <laughs> you might want to pop open a cold one for that. But this one is good. good Lord. <laughs> 
We're going to take our first break. When we come back on the other side of this break. Brian Laskin, he has to be high to watch AEW. Uh, But all right. Well, we're going to take our break. When we come back, news and notes time from the summer 2005. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Get all the best podcast swag from the main event marks. Our merch shop offers custom graphics, including the podcast logo on hats, shirts, masks, greeting cards, and more. There are tons of new designs with more dropping all the time. Just head on over to redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks to grab your podcast merch today and become an official main event mark. That's redbubble.com forward slash people forward slash main event marks. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. We're back. By the way, someone sure. asked me where I, they said I've heard that before. I stole it from Smart Mark Sterling in the major pod. So I want to make ah. sure to say that out loud so everyone knows I'm not like plagiarizing him. If I well, I'll say I'm using it because he used it. It's not stealing, right? It's a it, it's a it's, it's a, a tribute. Yes. Yeah. It's. Hey, it's not stealing if you label it a tribute. Right. <laughs> so I was like, where did I hear that before? I was like, I thought I told him. I didn't like play stupid. Oh, I, I don't know. I, I, I came up with it. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, hey, dedication. There you go. Uh, an imitation is the sincerest form of flattery, or so I've heard. Before we dive into all the news and notes, real quick, just want to let you know that Yeats aims to provide the most unique and high-quality sunglasses on the market at an unbeatable price. They're built from the latest manufacturing techniques. Yeats shades are made for comfort, durability, and big Yeats moments. And on top of that, a percentage of all profits go towards beach cleanups and other community outreach programs. No matter your style, their shades are here to help you chase your vision. Go to yeatsofficial.com and use the promo code BELLYUPPOD to save 10% at checkout. That's Y-E-E-T-Z. That's yeatsofficial.com. And put in that promo code BELLYUP, B-E-L-L-Y-U-P-P-O-D to save yourself 10% at checkout. But uh, I'll give you the choice, Greg. Uh, do you want to cover WWE news first or close with it? Uh, let's start with it. Yeah, we don't close all right. with only all stuff. All right, sounds good. Well, Chris Jericho's contract expired a while before SummerSlam, and has, and he's been working on a short-term extension. So that, I believe, because isn't he's he gone the it? very next? Yeah, well, yeah. But isn't he gone the very next night? Yeah, it's when he gets dragged out by security, right? Yep. And I still laugh when when uh, idiot fam was go, oh, they buried him on his way out. Um, he said it himself that he begged for that. So. <laughs> yeah, he said he um ideally he said he wanted that to be like the last moment of his entire career. 
Um, I mean, not right then and there, but he said, like, down the line when he decided to retire. Two years. Yeah, right. Well, he had to go off and make and uh, make music, man. So, and he's still making music to this day. Some of it's actually pretty good. Oh, yeah. I have a, I don't have an entire Fozzie playlist, but I have a huge chunk of Fozzie in various playlists I have created. So, it's good to Dream work out, with too. Jesus, Nowhere to Run. Those are the two best, I think. Uh, Dream with Jesus is probably my number one, right up there with Judas. Those are my top two favorites. Anyway, speaking of him, according to Chris Jericho himself, he was pegged to work with Carlito at SummerSlam, but after pitching the idea for what his match with John with John Cena would be to Vince directly, uh, plans were changed. Hashtag plans changed. Yeah. If this came from anywhere else but Chris Jericho himself, I'd say it was BS, but uh, I'm sure that really did happen. He's pretty open and honest about his career. So, and uh, I mean, him and Carlito would have been fine, but it wouldn't have been this match. This match was, I mean, we'll get into it, but yeah, it's not in the same league. Brock Lesnar will not be coming back to the WWE yet. Another six years. <laughs> right. Seven uh, the years. Com- Seven yeah, something like that. Just 12, I think. Ah, okay. Uh, the company went public last month about ongoing contract negotiations with Lesnar, uh, to the point of Lesnar having a contract in hand last week. He was given a written offer two weeks ago, and the WWE management was growing frustrated with how long it was taking Lesnar to sign it. The terms of the deal were mostly verbally agreed to, but then it came down or came out that Brock will not be signing. Why? Don't know. Because mm, he's got to go to fight or <laughs> UFC. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Hey, I want to get uh, punched in the face a few times first. And, no, and, he uh, doesn't. That's the problem. That's the big criticism of him. He did not like getting hit in the face. <laughs> yeah, right. Well, oh, he, he had to ha- go have a, you know, a scar put under his eye by King Velasquez. Which is still there. Oh, yeah. Like, it's only getting worse. I don't know if it's just me, but every well, time I see him, it's like accentuated. Well, there's a scar under his one eye, and then he's got a chipped tooth. I don't know. I don't know who gave him the yeah, chipped tooth. Because if he didn't already look badass enough. <laughs> yeah, cauliflower ear, scar under the eye, chipped tooth, uh, freaking a damn dagger tattooed on his chest. Like, man, that's that's a guy that you just like you run away screaming from. <laughs> <laughs> right. And hey, to his credit, didn't didn't he uh, knock out Randy Couture? I think it was the TKO, but you know. Okay. I mean, say what you want, but... At the tail end of his career in his 40s, though, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, I get it. You know, it wasn't prime couture, but at the same time, I'd take a couture at the end of his career over most fighters. I mean, he was damn good up until the end there. Here's one uh, I didn't know about at this time, but Dusty Rhodes has been in discussions with Stephanie McMahon about signing with the WWE. Uh, on the creative team. Most recently, Rhodes was head of creative at TNA. According to Bruce Pritchard, when Stephanie basically asked Dusty for a resume, he sent her a copy of his book. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. That is kind of funny. (laughs) He's like, this is me, baby. Read about it. The American dream. There's certain people you don't need to ask a resume for. Like, do you think, like, anybody ever asked for Do you think Tampa Bay wanted a resume of Tom Brady? You know, I mean, <laughs> yeah. Do you think, uh, do you think like uh, Shad Khan called up Urban Meyer and was like, 
So uh, can you send me a copy of your resume, maybe a cover letter, or we'll chat? Uh, uh, what have they really done, really, when you think about it? Yeah, I know. Uh, he, he just sends, like, the OSU record books for the past couple of seasons. Or just a picture, all the trophies, whatever. Yeah, the trophies, his record against Michigan. He's like, need I say more? <sighs> Man. Uh, hey, hey, Urban Meyer, who uh, made an appearance on an AEW pay-per-view, by the way. And Dynamite. Oh, was he, was he on Dynamite, too? Yeah, when they were um, talking about said pay-per-view. Oh, okay. Yeah, wow. They've had a lot of really weird cameos or just, you know, appearances. To be fair, that one's not that weird. That one is more forced, if you ask me, but, you know. Yeah, I mean, I get it, but it's like, uh, man. I mean, but in its purest form, it is organic, technically, because he does coach the Jags. So I guess... You know, there's not really much you can say to argue that. If Tony Khan was a little smarter about things, you'd think he'd try to pull a um, a Ted Turner and, and make the Jaguars like America's new football team and really put them over. He's well, like, the hey, Braves guys. are at least winning uh, uh, National League championships. They only won one World Series. Um, I, I, I won't say against two because that might hurt. But they only wow. won one World Series in that whole thing. But at least they were winning titles. Yeah. Hey, I, I'm not saying they're good. I'm just saying, he, you know, he could push. And he was like, hey, if if I have to say one positive thing about the Jaguars, I think their uniforms look cool. I'll give them that. And their their helmets where it goes from like it fades from black into gold. I, I don't know. I always thought that was a cool color scheme. Yeah. And but, their uh, quarterback looks like Fabio. So there's that. <laughs> hell yeah. He just pulls off his helmet and just like in slow-mo shakes his hair back and forth. Oh, good God. <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, Jamie Noble and Brian Kendrick were both re-signed to WWE around this time. Cool. Uh, they're, well, I can't say Brian Kendrick is still there because he left and then came back, but he, I think, twice, is still I on payroll. I want to say twice. <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Uh, I think he's still on payroll right now. Uh, Jamie Noble, did they release him or is he still on payroll? Uh, he's still there because I saw him break up a fight a couple weeks ago. So. Ah, okay. Ah, cool. He didn't he didn't get the uh, get the axe yet, so that's good. Uh, here's a funny one. Tataka returns to WWE on the Raw before SummerSlam to take on Eugene. Yeah. Uh, look, he would, he would return at the Royal Rumble like semi full time too. <laughs> yeah, I, I just like. I like Tatanka, but uh, what? <laughs> just they were a lot of people. I think the Brooklyn Brawler was booked that week, if I remember correctly. Yeah, you know, I have a Jax figure of Tatanka during this run. I have two Mattel figures of him. Uh yeah, from the uh, from his original '90s run. Mm, his original '90s run, one with the tights, one with the long pants. So, right, long tights, whatever. The tights was from, uh, which I know we reviewed. I want to say it's WrestleMania 8. I'm pretty yes. sure it is. Yep. Okay. Yeah. Because now in the archives, people, go check it out. Tonka wears tights, and it is weird. My favorite was when he goes, like, uh, they, they do those vignettes where he's, like, you know, going to speak with, like, um, uh, his fellow tribesmen and stuff like that. And he's in, like, full ring gear, like the trunks, the loincloth, <laughs> yeah, the, the boots, the, the knee boots pads. And the knee pads are the funniest. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Meanwhile, I think uh, most of like the other Native Americans around there are wearing like jeans and whatever. 
Like they're all in Wranglers and he's in like little trunks. And, and here people thought Cena was the first one to do that stuff. <laughs> yeah, I think freaking everybody in the 90s did that crap. And it was goofy as hell, man. I don't know. I gotta disagree. I think he was be keeping in character. I think it was uh, method acting. Yeah, I, I mean, to an extent, but sometimes it's just like, why are you wearing elbow pads in public, bro? Like, I feel like the pads are what gets everyone. <laughs> yeah, it's like maybe maybe Cena really does dress like that, but who the hell wears elbow and or knee pads all the time? Just <laughs> I know it's like okay, like him dress him the other stuff, whatever. You're wearing jorts. Uh, Reeboks and you know sweatbands. Nobody's wearing Reeboks. What are you talking about? <laughs> he is, or was. I don't know. But it's like if you're wearing knee pads out on a football field to make an ap- appearance, like weird, dude. Like you he's just football gonna... players not wearing knee pads. Hmm? <laughs> uh, I I don't know. Like they wear pads in their <laughs> uh, pants. I guess I don't know. <sighs> Here's one we 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 got to talk about it, dude. I forgot that this was around this time. But we got to talk about it. Uh, Chavo Guerrero recently denounced his Hispanic heritage on WWE television. Oh, good God! And claimed to be America's great white hope. He will now be repackaged as Kerwin White. <sighs> oh my gosh! Also, the debut Dolph Ziggler. I got to say, by the way. Yep, uh, he was the caddy. Because Kerwin White, this was Chavo dressed like, um, basically like Carlton from Fresh Prince. And he bleached his hair, shaved his face, and he would drive a golf cart to the ring. He came out to some Frank Sinatra sounding song. The only lyric I remember of it is uh, something about I take my coffee by the pool. (laughs) And Dolph Ziggler was his angry looking caddy. It's like, man, if you... He had a look on his face like he'd rather be anywhere else in the world right now. It's like, man, if you're hating life now, just give it like another year. <laughs> Think about this. I mean, he went like you say that, and then like, okay, fine, Mel Cheerleader. Okay, fine, anything's better than this. Is it? I know. Yeah, I know. It's like, mm, you'd rather be the caddy. <laughs> this is real, by the way. This is not a fever dream. This was 1,000% real. Look it up. YouTube it. Not joking. Uh, this all happened for real. You can't make this stuff up. And why would you? He's wasting everybody's time. I know. Like, who the hell pitched this where they're like, hey, you know, Chavo Guerrero, a member of the world famous Guerrero wrestling dynasty, the son of Chavo Guerrero. A proud Mexican dynasty, I might add. Yes. He's upset. (laughs) Yes. They're, they're very Mexican. They're from El Paso, Texas. And, you know, big names in Mexico and America. They, they all speak. Uh, English and Spanish. Hey, oh, we're gonna make him a white guy. Like what? <laughs> oh my gosh! And it gets better. His his uh quote uh catchphrase whatever was. I did, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> his, his catchphrase was, "If it ain't white, it ain't right." <laughs> and then they thought. I chose to believe he was talking about like you know plain shirts. Because nobody wears, like, a plain color shirt. You know what I mean? Everyone wears, like, a plain white t-shirt from Hanes. I hey. chose to believe it that way because it was less racist. So. Hey, you can't, you can't, you know, wear white after Labor Day. All right? So he's wrong. And then yeah, they thought... Jeff yeah. And then uh, they, they decided maybe that's a little too much. So we're going to have him change it up to the much more, or the much less offensive. If it isn't Kerwin white, it isn't right. 
<sighs> Damage is already done, dude. <laughs> yep, this happened. And uh, when Conrad Thompson asked Bruce Pritchard, he's like, I was Dolph Ziggler with a caddy. And yeah, Bruce said, because he knew how to carry the clubs. Wow. <laughs> he, or he said something about like he knew which club to use or something like that. Like, what the hell? I can see him licking his forefinger, put in the air. Oh, I feel like a nine iron here. Yeah, yeah right. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, well, you know, Kerwin White sure isn't sure isn't going to pick a caddy like, you know, Will Smith's character because of, you know, reasons. Right. <laughs> um, I did like uh, I have to point out that the whole thing went away because Eddie Guerrero passed away. I'm like, that's what took took it. That's what it, yeah. had, it had to happen for this to go away. Yeah, yeah right. Man. Like, dude, somebody literally died and then they were like, maybe it's too much. <laughs> that's, that's pathetic that means this went on for a while all right no no really uh, only about two months uh, that's too long uh, around this time hulk hogan and family appeared on larry king live to promote hogan knows best this was because after record-setting ratings in the first couple of weeks week three of the show had a 50 percent drop in viewership yeah, I, I didn't understand that because how is it going to be good for two weeks? I was on the third. I mean, if it happened the second week, okay. So what? Two uh, two episodes were good or what? I'm what gonna blame I it on that? they tuned in week one because God dang it, it's Hulk Hogan. Uh, out of you know perverse curiosity, they tuned in week two thinking, ah, maybe you know it gets better. I don't know. And after week two, they're like, nah, I'm done. Like, Trust me, it doesn't get better. <laughs> yeah, no. There were a few fun episodes, I'll say that. The only thing I remember specifically about the show, besides Brian Knobs being on almost every effing episode, uh, I remember there was one episode where Nick asked his dad, he was like, so when you were like uh, talk, like hitting on chicks back in the day, like what, what pickup line did you use? And he was like, you want to come back to my hotel room, get naked and wear my title belt? <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. Very honest, but, you know, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Did you ever watch Hogan Knows Best, like, a, a lot of it? I did, yeah. Did What did you think? Yay, nay? I thought it was a reality show, so we'll take that for what you will. <laughs> All right, well, we'll leave it at that. All reality shows suck, so there you go. Yeah, and he's, uh, well, except for Robin Big. I, I, I will stand by, that's one of the greatest shows of all time. Reality um, or not? I don't know what the hell that is. So. Rob Deerdeck and Big Black, man, come on! And Rob Deerdeck's Fantasy Factory is good stuff. Uh, I'm blanking on who any of those people are. So, uh, do you know what that show Ridiculousness is? No. Oh, it's like uh, they show like viral internet clips and make fun of them, or whatever. It plays like a million times a day on MTV. So I don't watch MTV either. So okay. Okay. I'm so yeah. yeah. <laughs> The, those were literally anything with Rob Deerdeck on it was the only shows that I ever watched on MTV. Rob's like a famous skateboarder from from Ohio, so that's the only reason I know him. Was anyway. he Tony Hawkins? No, he's in the skate games. He he's more of a like a street skater. The Tony Hawk games usually featured like uh, like anybody who would be at like the X Games and whatever. Like that's usually in there. But uh, anyway. Speaking of the Hogan family, 
It was proposed by Vince McMahon that Shawn Michaels super kicked Nick Hogan leading up to the Hogan-Michaels match at SummerSlam. <sighs> Shawn turned it down, saying he didn't want to be that strong of a heel, and he didn't feel that the match needed more bells and whistles. I don't know, man. I feel like super kicking Nick might have taken it in the opposite direction and made him more of a face. <laughs> I was waiting for uh, Bobby Lashley to beat the hell out of Goldberg's son last night, and it didn't happen, so, Yeah. <laughs> I saw a picture of that. I didn't watch. Uh, I didn't watch it, but uh, I saw a picture. I was like, "Holy crap! Is that Goldberg's son?" Like, like man, time flies, man. Yeah. I remember him being like a a small little kid. Now I'm like, damn. And he looks like damn near exactly like his dad. Like yeah. if 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 you look at old pictures when Goldberg had hair and playing football, I'm like, damn, dude, you are damn near a clone of your father. Yeah, so the originally planned finish for the Hogan-Michaels match at SummerSlam has been discussed to possibly change from Hogan going over to Shawn to Shawn beating Hogan, doing a return match at Unforgiven, where HBK goes down to a leg drop, and then they have a blow-off at WrestleMania. The reasoning behind this is that Shawn doesn't want to be 0-1 against Hulk, and that's it, especially when he's a full-time performer, and Hogan won't wrestle again after this. Wade Keller of the Pro, Pro Wrestling Torch inserts that if Bret Hart could be brought back to WWE, he's owed a win over the Hulkster as well. <laughs> yeah. Hulk beat him. What, do you mean, what is he owed? Yeah. I know. It's like, my thing about it is like, who's owed a win? Like, it's a show. Like, I, I don't know. I, it's like, well, you beat me, so I have to beat you. Why? <laughs> Egos. Yeah, I will say I think uh, a trilogy of matches could have been cool, but you ever notice that like whenever they have a planned out trilogy with Sean, it never works out. That might be telling right there. But... Yeah, right. Him and Vader. I mean, that one, the kibosh was put on that by Sean himself. This one was by Hogan, but still like, I don't know, not to give away things too early, but this one was damn good. I don't know if a return match would have been as good, but you never know. They could have kept it up. Mania 22, that was him and uh, Sean and Kurt, right? No. Sorry, no, that was 20. Okay, that was 21. That's right. Yeah, so either way, he would have been taking on a, a muscled old uh, tanned up dude at WrestleMania. From the glory days. The glory yeah, right. age. <laughs> right, yeah. The only, di the only difference is uh, Hulk could still wrestle at this point. <sighs> um, for the first time in nearly a decade, WrestleMania will return to Chicago when Raw and SmackDown present WWE WrestleMania 22 live from the Allstate Arena on Sunday, April 2nd, 2006. If history is any indication, WrestleMania tickets will not last long. Prior to last year's WrestleMania 21 at the Staples Center in Los Angeles, fans had claimed all available tickets in less than one minute. Damn. They I fly. expect Jerry's World to fly, too. Yeah. Are they opening up all the seats for that one, or have they not really specified? Um, they haven't specified yet, but they, it's their second time there, so I'm going to assume they are. Yeah, and, you know, they also have to wait and see with, you know, how everything is at that time, you know, with uh, audiences, I guess. But either way, yeah, it should uh, that should be a packed freaking house, man. Uh, that stadium just looks cool. Easily over 100K. Yeah. Easily. Well, you know Meltzer's going to dispute it. Well, oh, actually, yeah, but... They said it was over 100,000, but actually it was under 80,000. You can pull up Brian Williams and say, I was there. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, ah, no? 
Yeah, I was in the nosebleed section, and I could tell by doing a quick head count. Or I asked one of the janitors at the arena how many people were there. That uh, would be a source. <laughs> yeah, right. He's just like, look, I know WWE is notoriously inflated numbers to an extent, but, like, Meltzer disputes every single number, unless it's being reported by AEW. You notice that? I don't think he's ever oh, yeah, disputed yeah. an AEW number. That's why I sent you that thing the other day where uh, it said uh, Ryan Satin, who's a paid WWE shill, and Brian, er, and uh, Dave Meltzer, who's an unpaid AEW shill. I don't believe that, but... <laughs> Here's a little under the table for you, Uncle Dave. Look, How do you think way, he affords all that stuff? It's not all the idiot subscribers. Yeah, right. Yeah, how do you think he, he affords that, you know, office straight out of 1998, you know, with his papers piled as high as his knees? <laughs> That's disgusting, by the way. Like, he is married. How does his wife just, like, let that house or, or let that room exist in her house without saying anything? Like, mother of God. She must just never look in that room. It's just like, you know what? Your office is yours. I I'm not even going to look. I don't care. I don't want to know. It might not be a good thing. Yeah, right. Uh, over at TNAWrestling.com, they have officially announced that Jeff Hardy's suspension has been lifted. Look, I'm going to say this right now. This story could be at any time. <laughs> <laughs> Which time? Yeah, uh, and he will be appearing at TNA's Sacrifice pay-per-view on sa uh, Sunday, August 14th. This suspension came after his absence at Hard Justice. Uh, Hardy missed numerous flights out of North Carolina to Orlando the day of the pay-per-view. Hardy ended up arriving after the pay-per-view was over, and he showed up at the hotel that the TNA workers stay at. The late arrival, though, forced TNA to substitute Sean Waltman to face Raven. I remember the show. That has. I remember it too, and I remember uh, I think Raven getting in trouble for calling him X-Pac. <laughs> oh yeah, I forgot about that part. <laughs> but this has stuck with me forever, and I but I couldn't remember who got replaced because I was looking forward to this match. It was a Clockwork Orange House of Fun match, and I was real like, name. Yeah, right. And I was like, okay, cool. Uh, you know, I was looking forward to this. It was a built-up storyline, and then just no explanation. Jeff's not there. Here's here's Sean Waltman. And I'm like, I don't know explanation. Great. It was because of unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. Uh, definitely not substance related. No, never, uh, never even thought. Eh, I don't know if it was or not. I'm just saying uh, safe bet, though. And I don't I, know if it was an issue back then. I don't think it was yet. I could be wrong on that. Uh, I think he was let go from WWE for that. Like, I oh, think that's why. Uh, I think that's why he was in TNA to begin with, because he uh, wouldn't wouldn't lay off the drugs. And then uh, and WWE was like, you need to get some help. And he said, no. And he ran off to TNA. You know, he because said with... no, no, no. And they said, go to rehab, right? <laughs> Good Lord. You said that. <sighs> All right. We'll cut that out. <laughs> here's a here's a name for a blast from the past for you. Brian Triton Wilson has been removed from the Superstars page over at TNAWrestling.com. Oh, no! <laughs> Trayton's contract expired with TNA recently, and it still remains to be seen if he will be brought back later. Spoilers, he was not. Remember I the just... T3? That was awesome. Wasn't it just an F5? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remember, like, this was one of the first characters that TNA did, like, a bunch of vignettes for. They really built him up like he was going to be something special. 
And then he was there for like, a, what, two weeks? It was probably one week, considering they probably taped a bunch of episodes. So, but oh, yeah, yeah. A couple of shows. <laughs> yep. And it, I, I remember his theme song was like the opening of the British Invasion theme. Yeah, right. <laughs> it was weird. Uh, according to reports, Scott Demore has thrived in his role as the head of TNA's creative department. Wow, how times have not changed. <laughs> uh, the team also includes Dutch Mantel, Terry Taylor, and Mike Tenay, Bill Banks, and Jeremy Borash. And there's what a is... there's a freaking rogues gallery of people for you, huh? I know, right? <laughs> Dirty Dutch, the Red Rooster, the Professor, Bill Banks, and JB. <laughs> From what is being said, Moore has a lot of uh, ambition and seems focused on taking full advantage of this opportunity to prove himself in a position of authority within the company. Well, it's uh, 2021. He's uh, basically running the damn place. So here's that. And he was on AEW commentary a couple times. So he's everywhere. (laughs) Yeah, I know. He's just like all over the damn place. He still looks like a grown up version of. the the overweight kid from the new it films <laughs> but also i don't know if it's just me but he looks to have de-aged a little bit uh, uh i i just feel like he just doesn't age like he just, he just looks, he looks the same looks better than he has before i thought but... yeah uh well he he like combs his hair down and he's not like spiking it and whatever and i think he lost like a little bit of weight i can't tell uh, yeah, so, and apparently I found out that him and Christian Cage are good friends, you know, Canadians. I think he worked in his his territory a couple times before WWE. Makes sense. So, yeah. It was um, the same one that Jarrett won the NWA title from Raven. Is it Windsor City Wrestling? Yeah, that rings a bell. It's not WCW, though, so it has to be something else, but it's Windsor something. Yeah, I can't remember off the top of my head, but yeah, that that, that rings a bell. Uh, yeah, so that would explain why Christian Cage is the uh, Impact Champion now, I guess. I don't know. Just want to say yeah. though, it's been a lot of Canadians. <laughs> uh oh yeah, la- yeah, their last couple champions. Wow. <laughs> well, hey, at least it's not Rich Effing Swan. <sighs> Uh, a couple more stories here uh, to close this out. Uh, one more TNA. Well, I, it's not TNA related, but I think he's in TNA at this time. You'll have to correct me if I'm wrong here. But according to PWInsider.com, Shane Douglas is in the process of finalizing dates to take Hardcore Homecoming on the road this fall. Is he still in TNA in 05? I know he in 05 he's managing the, the Naturals. Okay. The newly franchised Naturals. Yeah. But um, I don't know if it's in August he's still there, so yes and no. <laughs> yeah, okay. Uh, well, the prospective, uh, prospective markets include Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Florida, Buffalo, and Poughkeepsie. Yeah. Yeah, wow. He's really getting around, huh? <laughs> yeah. Poughkeepsie. Wow. Uh, fans will get to vote on venues soon via a poll on the official website. There was originally talk of running several shows in New York on the weekend of August 20th, but nothing materialized. At this point, the plan is to get the show on the road in late September or October. Did you watch any of the Hardcore Homecomings? I think for some reason I have the first one on DVD, but that's it. Did you find it in the bargain bin? I probably <laughs> did. 
Oh, man. The only thing I remember off the top of my head about the Hardcore Homecoming DVDs is, um, well, the first one is there were a couple guys there that weren't at the One Night Stand shows. Uh, and the other thing is they did like a whole dedication where they brought people out to the ring. I can't remember if it's the first one or second one. They brought people out to the ring that were either a partner of or related to um, in some way, shape or form, somebody who'd passed on. They used to be on NECW. And at Sunny, the crowd chanted, show your tits the whole time she was eulogizing uh, Chris Candido. That's a classy bunch of people in Philly, man. Oh, yeah. I was just like, wow, this is, um, you know, I can't get much more classy than that, man. You know, this this woman is, uh, you know, trying to talk about her her now deceased fiance. And you're all you can chant is show your tits. Cool. Whatever. Shouldn't be a uh, problem for them to see them now. Oh no, they're all over the damn place. Hey, like I said, man, uh, you know, you, you get curious enough, look up uh, Sunny Side Up. So I'm gonna say. I will never be that curious. Sorry. <laughs> uh, well, according to Conrad, she pooted. <laughs> she what? She pooted. What does that mean? She farted. Oh, good. That freak. I knew. I, this looks like somebody <laughs> I would watch that. Good lord, why is that not surprise me? Oh man. Uh, <laughs> well, I told you he had that he had that other story about China and one of her tapes and yeah. You know, but anyway, <laughs> uh, Paul Heyman it with the research excuse probably. Right? Oh yeah, totally. Well, I, I was doing research about that time that uh, China got drilled by a dude dressed like me, Gene Okerlund. <laughs> Good God. <laughs> All right. Uh, final story here. Paul Heyman not a, is receiving not a moment too soon. <laughs> Paul Heyman is receiving a great deal of praise for his work as the head booker for Ohio Valley Wrestling, with the PWTorch.com newsletter reporting that he's already greatly improved locker room morale. Heyman is said to be less controlling and more interested in wrestler input than Jim Cornette, which is ultimately leading to a happier and more respectable roster. You don't say. Yeah, you mean Paul Heyman, you know, the guy who you know, squeeze blood out of a turnip with the ECW quote unquote talent, you know? Yeah. I'm sure he could get the best out of them. And, and I know Jim Cornette, as far as like booking, I think, uh, has some stuff to offer, but seriously, listen to the dude who'd want to work for that. Well, he's stuck in the past where his Heyman clearly evolves. Right. And can you imagine like, um, you know, you come to Paul and you're like, Hey, I got this idea for my character. If I may have another volley, sir. And then, <laughs> Whereas with Jim Cornette, it's like, hey, I have this idea for a character. Fuck you, motherfucker! <laughs> First of all, you ain't coming out of the box. You ain't getting me over. Yeah. We're gonna have you come out of a goddamn box. I'm gonna smack the shit out of you if you do it wrong. Stupid Santino. <laughs> oh, man. It yeah. was Santino, wasn't it? Yep, smack the shit out of him because uh, he refused to act afraid for the boogeyman. Literally, like, laughed on camera. So, I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, he did F up. But, dude, you can't just walk up and smack your employees across the face. Doesn't he legit know Sambo? Uh, yeah. Probably could have killed him. Probably. I think Jim Cornette's got, he's got two bad knees and heaven knows what else. Ugh, man. Well, you know, it, well, just like, um, I, I liked uh, Bruce Pritchard's quote about this when uh, Conrad relayed this about um cornet said he took a a uh handgun and pointed it at brock lesnar and like threatened him whatever 
And uh, Bruce was like, yeah, I don't know about all that. He was like, I have a feeling Brock would have taken that handgun, shoved it up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> and emptied it. <laughs> right. Uh, and then f 5 the crap out of him. <laughs> oh, man. Anyway, that's all I got for the news and notes. You ready to dive into the event? Nothing on uh, TNA's new big deal with TNN? Uh, no. Oh, that's, uh, uh, isn't that... I remember that... I remember that being a huge August story. In 05? Mm-hmm. Oh, hmm, okay. I'm, yeah, we. I believe we covered it in an earlier podcast. I want to say we covered it on maybe our WrestleMania 21. Uh, we probably covered it actually in our Unbreakable. I think we did that one. No, we haven't done it yet. It's coming Didn't up. Did we do that much? Oh. Well, no. You'll probably have it for that then. Because Unbreakable is the last pay-per-view before they get back on TV, so... Ah, okay. Yeah, no, the um, I, I I believe we covered that story a bit on our WrestleMania 21 episode because I think that was around the time WWE officially announced they were going to um uh, going back to USA and Spike announced they were going they were picking up or TNN Spike whatever announced that they were picking up um TNA could be wrong but I think so either way. Go back now in the archives. Come on, people. We're covering a few 2005 story uh, events this year. But we're going to take a quick break. When we come back on the other side, we're going to cover WWE SummerSlam 2005. Right Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks and at Main Event Collector. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. My name is Thomas, and what's your name? Uh, I'm Alan. Alan. Oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. We're brothers. That's right. Yeah. yeah the mother, same mother and father. Your room was... Oh, we shared a room. Shared a room. We right. shared a room. I thought I knew your face. Yeah, we so go maybe. way back, mate. Yeah. yeah. We should do a podcast then. Uh, we have. We do, we do a podcast. We do a podcast. What's it called? The... Broadcast. Yeah, that was planned. Yeah, yeah, well. What do we do? Well, we cover all different things in the world of pop culture. We're talking about comic books, we're talking about professional wrestling, and we're talking about movies. Go back and watch classic retro wrestling events, the likes of WWE, WCW, and if you do like that, you can check us out on Apple iTunes, also on Podbean, Anchor, and on Podknife. Also check us out on Twitter, at The Broadcast. That's B-R-O... Okay, yeah, hey, the ending. Hey, it's all right. Good on you. Yeah. Instagram also at the broadcast podcast. Remember, we don't spell it with a C. We spell it with a K. Sorry, mate. Take it easy. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on youtube now back to the show and we are back back. time for wwe SummerSlam 2005 took place august 21st 05 the tagline hogan versus michaels for the first time ever the first time brother the last time brother oh brother guess he had no reason to ever wrestle a rocker so probably was the first time ever yeah right uh, the venue was uh, the MCI Center in Washington, D.C. 
attendance was 18,176, and the pay-per-view buy rate was 640,000 buys. I'm pretty sure this is the exact same venue where Hogan wrestled Sting. Huh. For Starcade? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Because it was always in Washington. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's true. I, I forgot about that. Yeah, so Hogan uh, had some triumphs here. Uh, not to spoil anything, but, I mean, seriously, this was like 16 years ago. Catch up. Uh, but this is actually the second most purchased uh, SummerSlam in history, just behind the 1998 event. That's a cool stat for this. Uh, by the way, SummerSlam 1998, uh, now in the archives, that was uh, Highway to Hell, right? It was. All right. Definitely now in the archives. That was a damn good one as well. Uh, from Madison Square Garden. Dude, it had the oddities on it. Oh, yeah. That was the only thing you needed to know about the show. Had the oddities. Move on. Oh, I don't know why the hell that's the one I went with. But... <laughs> that, it had Jeff Jarrett getting a haircut. I mean, come on, man. Good stuff. It literally was a haircut. It was a hair versus hair match, but he got a haircut. <laughs> yeah. Loser gets a better haircut match. <laughs> Uh, we start the show off with members of the military holding up the stars and stripes while Lillian Garcia sings the Star Spangled Banner. Uh, help me out here. What was going on in the world this time? Because that was significant. It's like they were holding the flag. It wasn't just... And they never really do this for SummerSlam. Uh, I think it was just because they were in D.C. Oh, okay. Yeah, because um, there's this, and then the thing with Hogan later, they point out that there are politicians in the... Um, in the audience, so uh, I will say I appreciate that in the opening package, Peacock didn't edit out "Remedy" by Cedar. So WWE, yeah, must- yeah, man, that song's badass. That's probably my all-time favorite SummerSlam song. Yeah, I freaking love that one. Uh, I mean, I I don't have the list, the list, bro, right in front of me, but I mean, I don't know, man. I'm pretty partial to uh, that Demi Lovato song that they only because you were there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, cool for the summer. That was a see. I couldn't even remember the damn name of it. I remember you and I were there, and I think I looked at you and I was like, "This is what they picked." And you're like, "Yeah, <sighs> whatever." Black for that song because people were saying that she uh, was making it be like, uh, "Don't be open." Because one of the lyrics is, "Don't tell your mother." Like, so you're telling them not to be open and all this stuff and. Yeah, I don't now know. I'm looking back, I'm like, oh, WWE promoted that. <laughs> yeah. The whole song is basically about her having a, you know, a first time, like, lesbian relationship which, or which encounter. Fit, which fits right in with SummerSlam. Oh, yeah, because when I think of SummerSlam, I think of, you know, lesbians. <sighs> anyway. Maybe in 2002 when Eric Bischoff was doing HLA stuff. <laughs> Good Lord. That was around SummerSlam time, I think, so. Yeah. Well, this first match on the card was Orlando Jordan defending the WWE United States title against Chris Benoit in 16 seconds. This was a banger, man. Oh, yeah. That whole 16 seconds was, that was some good action. Uh, (laughs) Oh, prom night flashback. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, a listener of the show sent me something. I'm sure he sent to you too. It was like, uh, oh how long, yeah, how can you said how, how long can you last? And it was a picture of uh, the zebra striped gum. Oh, uh, minute and a half, give or take. <laughs> yeah, well, that was. I sent him the thing from Family Guy where Peter was like, ah, oh, zebra striped gum, and he puts it in his mouth. He's like, ah, oh, 
this is literally the whole match, by the way. After Jordan backs Benoit into the corner, Benoit ends up hitting a German suplex into a crippler crossface for the submission victory. Uncle Dave gave it a quarter of a star. I gave it a dud because it wasn't a match. Let's say yeah, two. same. I, I didn't even rate it. Yeah. I guess technically one star, but I'm not even going to give it a rating because it was just over quickly. I like the follow-up to this where uh, they had like a split screen on SmackDown of showing this match on one side and on the other side. Chris Benoit was making a cup of coffee, and <laughs> I remember that. And I feel like the match was over before the coffee was done. Being made. <laughs> yep, <laughs> he's like stirring in the cream and sugar, yeah. mixing it up. <laughs> Good lord! <sighs> but now we go backstage for Vicky Guerrero. Do we have to give a, a disclaimer for this. What? You know what? No, no, you guys know what you're getting into. Uh, but backstage, Vicky Guerrero approaches Eddie while he's trying to uh, late or while he's tying his boots. And she says, this isn't about Dominic. And she says that it, it's uh, clearly about Eddie trying to hurt Ray. Eddie says tonight somewhere uh, tonight he's going to beat Ray and Vicky needs to go be sub- unsupportive somewhere else. He then sits down and reassures himself that he will beat Ray Mysterio. I, I, I don't know. I wasn't super into the storyline. I thought it was kind of. Weird. I don't know. Looking back on it, I don't hate it as bad. But at the time, I was like, dude, like, what the hell is this? Oh, well, they had to. I think I, I think they were running out of stuff. Yeah, but they wanted to keep putting these two in matches against each other for some reasons. You know, some reasons. One of my favorite do... parts to laugh at this whole thing is like, no one ever booed Eddie. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I just. I, I it's funny, him and Shawn Michaels the exact same time turned heel, about about the exact same time. Nobody would really hardcore boo them. Right. Now, obviously, Hogan and Mysterio were more cheered, but not more cheered than they were booed, if that makes sense. Right, yeah. <laughs> uh, I actually have Eddie's uh, I'm Your Poppy t-shirt. Did you ever I have, get that one? Uh, I, I did have it. Um, I do have that figure, too. Ah, yeah, yeah, so do I. <laughs> I, I just love... I love when he introduced the shirt. He's like, see my new T-shirt? And he's like, I'm your poppy. And he's like so proud of it. And I'm like, holy crap, dude. I was just like face palming during that segment. I'm like, he has I, a shirt. <laughs> I don't want this to go off the wrong way, but I was always like, wow. Because it's like everybody wore that shirt on Raw and SmackDown after he passed away when they did the tribute shows. <laughs> I just literally couldn't have picked a better shirt. I mean, don't get me wrong. It was cool to do that. But it was like, just had a bunch of shirts, and you picked that one. <laughs> I I know, not even the Scarface one. Like, yeah, right. Uh, but anyway, uh, next match here, you want to talk about being uncomfortable. It was Edge with Lita taking on Matt Hardy. This match went just shy of five minutes. You heard me right. This blood feud match went less than five minutes. Now, if you want to do the math here, it's a grand total of five minutes for the first two matches. Yep. That's, uh... <laughs> Weird. We're kicking off SummerSlam weird. Trust me, it gets better. Uh, but the crowd is electric. Literally right after this. Yeah, I know, right? But the, Did you notice the crowd is absolutely electric for Matt Hardy here? Yeah, he was like the first uh, Daniel Bryan CM Punk tile thing. Where... Yeah, they literally chanted, like, they chanted for Matt Hardy after they legit fired him. Oh. And they and they wouldn't stop cheering, chanting for him until they hired him back. But... Uh, this thing gets jump-started outside the ring. 
This match is more of a brawl than anything. Matt goes for the 10 punches in the corner. He gets dropped face first onto the ring post and is busted open. Edge keeps beating on a bleeding defenseless Matt until the referee calls the match off, giving the win to Edge. Uh, Uncle Dave and I both gave this dose stars. What say you? I gave it one. But yeah. There was a match the next month on pay-per-view that's like 10,000 times better. Didn't these two, didn't like Edge just like clean the floor with him in this feud? Like clear the um, floor? For, well, he, he lost in the cage match the next month, but then he okay. won on Raw to sh- ship him to SmackDown. <laughs> nice. I just remember like this is Matt's big match against Edge at SummerSlam and this was it. I was yeah. like, what? I don't know what it is, but if you look back on the issue of SummerSlam, they've done stuff like this a lot. Yeah. Maybe so title matches with like a DQ or a countout finish. Yeah, weird stuff, man. Uh, after I, just, match, I laugh because this is supposed to be the second biggest show of the year. I know. It's supposed to be like basically almost like the, the thing that holds you over between WrestleManias. Yeah, right. But after the match, Matt Hardy... Not a good omen for me, by the way. <laughs> right. But uh, Matt Hardy gets up to the back by referees after this match here. Uh, this next match, I have a lot more uh, notes for this one. Uh, it's Eddie Guerrero versus Rey Mysterio in a... Hold on to your ass for this one. A custody of Dominic ladder match. Oh, yeah. I need to also point out, just because, you know, I... I think it's cool. So I, know, I know a lot of people don't. This Dominic is actually coming in finger form soon. Which yeah. <laughs> I know. I was going to be the first person in history to have an adult figure and a child figure. So that's yeah, cool. right. I mean, you could only have one first, and he did it. So, you know. Yeah, right. Uh, this match, by the way, went uh, just shy of 20 and a half minutes. Uh, Conrad had asked uh, Bruce Pritchard, why the hell is this a custody of Dominic ladder match? And uh, Bruce Pritchard said, well, because you couldn't string that little bastard up a pole. <laughs> <sighs> Did we do a TNA show recently where there was something about Jarrett and Engel's kids or something like that? Or- yes, it was yeah. the they yeah, they had something about the feud where like full custody would go to either Karen yeah, and or I think they had made that joke, like, oh well, whoever goes to court, well, hey, I won custody in a match on pay per view. Like, is yeah. that what's gonna happen here? <laughs> yeah, right. Like can you see in the court like like the ref or the or the, the judge is like, What the Mr. Guerrero, you do not have custody of Dominic. Like what what what's going on here? He's like, But I won this ladder match. Look, it's in the briefcase and he's looking, he's like, Oh, God dang, well, I guess you're right. Well, uh, court adjourned. Boom. <laughs> oh, man. This is just only in wrestling, man. Can you put the custody of a child on the line? Yikes. Anyway, uh, these two almost kill each other. At one point, Dominic tries to shake the ladder that Eddie's on top of. Sure, Eddie, we'll say he shakes it. <laughs> yeah, he tries to. And Eddie just kind of like gives him a dirty look, and he comes down all angry, and he's like shouting at him. He's like, "Don't you let me give me a hug!" <laughs> like, what the heck? <laughs> That's one of the funniest parts of the match. Like, he's like screaming at him. He's like, "Give me a hug!" <laughs> uh, Ray hangs from the briefcase at one point, drops and gets power bombed on the way down by Eddie. Eddie's shaking the briefcase, trying to get it away, uh, get it while Ray is stuck under the ladder. 
Ray finally just knocks the ladder over and pulls Eddie down off the briefcase. Eddie shouts, where the fuck is Vicky? God damn it. <laughs> and this is something we were talking about, too, after he says mother effer. But people <laughs> yeah. literally thought he said effer. I don't think he's going to say that for his wife, dude. It sounds like it. Like, at the time, I was like, did he just say that? Like, damn, he's pissed. <laughs> but, yeah. That's just like that's my favorite part of the whole thing. Where the f is Vicky? It's like plain as day. Uh, but Eddie finally climbs up again, and Vicky here she is, man, the Papa Shango effect. Uh, but Vicky gets in. Eddie tries to reason with her, and she shoves the ladder over, letting Eddie crash to the mat. She holds Eddie back as Ray finally g- climbs up, grabs a briefcase, and wins. Uncle Dave and I both gave this three and a half stars. What say you? I gave it three. I liked it, but we've seen better ladder matches. Yeah. Also, not to pull the curtain back, but whose fault is that? I imagine it's not her fault. Yeah, I know. It's like... I just don't that's think like, it was her fault at all. That's like the... Well, it's like the Papa Shango thing. Like, you know, hasn't he come out and said nobody told him to go? Yeah. Yeah, so... Uh, if people don't know what we're talking about, WrestleMania 8, he was supposed to come out to stop, uh, or he was supposed to come out and break up the pinfall. It's funny, uh, in hindsight, looking back at that, when he comes out, he looks, like, so lost. Go yeah, back right. and watch it. <laughs> well, because well, he's probably running the ring like, oh, crap, I just blew my chance in the main event. And yeah. the Hoosier Dome's a big place, too, so we're talking, like, a long sprint. Yeah, he hauled ass. There's another match I can't think of off the top of my head. Where Bossman blew his spot. Do you? It, it was a, it was a match against uh, with Austin. You were supposed to come out and get involved with that. Do you? Do you know? I want to say Survivor Series '98. Okay, yeah, it might have been it. Is he was supposed to come out, and according to Bruce Pritchard, he was there at Gorilla the whole time, and then he said something about uh, "I'll be right back" or whatever, and he was like, he went to BS with somebody about something, and he took his sweet ass time and didn't get back in time because they turned to tell him they're like, all right, go. And Bruce turns. He's like, where the F is boss man. So that one was on him, but this one, yeah. I mean, so wh- who is the agent for this match? that was supposed to tell her to go. God damn, pal, I don't know. <laughs> right. uh, but anyway, after the match, Dominic gets in the ring to celebrate with Ray. Ray's wife, Angie comes out to celebrate with her husband and son. Ray finally runs in, and Eddie is throwing a tantrum. Ray finally runs in while Eddie's throwing a tantrum, and he takes out Eddie with a briefcase shot to the head. Lays his ass out. So, was this... There was another match after this, wasn't there? Yeah, it was in a cage, I think. Okay. That's when Eddie would finally beat him. Yeah, I was going to say, I knew Eddie won once. What do you think of his theme song here, by the way? Oh, I hated this one. I, I didn't like it the first couple times I heard it, and then I warmed it like I warmed up to it because it's like this sounds more like heelish. Like the other one makes you want to get up and dance, and and you're like, man, that's a well, baby the, face uh, thing. For me, the problem is the first one's so damn iconic. I yeah, it is. That wow. Like when you mess with it, I I don't feel it. I don't get the cell phone ringing at the beginning. That one threw me off, but everything else. Because it's a well-known fact that every Mexican has a cell phone. I don't know. <laughs> the hell with that particular ringtone by the way it took you this is like mvp's second theme uh vip ballin it took 
years for a full version of the song to be released anywhere in the public. I think the problem with that was why when he debuted, he left like two months later. Yeah, right. This one, I think he only used the song uh, for a couple of months before he passed. And I'm like, he changed that other one, uh, Gangsta Lane, I think. He did change this one, too. So, Yeah, well, is it, wasn't this it? The, the no, thing? no, this is a remix of his face thing. That's a completely different song. Oh, okay. Then when does he date? Then I'm getting mixed up then because I'm I think thinking he did use that at he uses that one at No Mercy, I believe. Okay, so I don't know if he debuts it there, but I know he uses it there. But he debuts it either there or right before it. So okay. Well, if anybody can help us out, hit us up on uh, social. Oh, don't worry. I'm sure we'll get notes. Yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, backstage, Todd Grisham uh, asks Chris Jericho. It's Todd piss him because he pissed his pants in high school. Oh, yeah, remember, right. We reviewed that show. Didn't we, uh, was it Vengeance? Yeah, I don't remember. Uh, <laughs> it's Todd Pissum, you know, right. Yeah, didn't he say that to John Cena? Yes. So They epic. called me Todd Pissum because I peed my pants in high school. <laughs> what the hell? You uh, could have at least said kindergarten or something, dude. You did not say high school, but whatever. You know that was Vince sitting there. Ha, ha, god dang it, he pissed himself. It's hilarious. No, that was a shoot. It really happened. <laughs> yeah, right. I believe but, it did. <laughs> wow. Uh, if peeing your pants is cool, then I'm Miles Davis. <laughs> <laughs> Got it in. All right. Anyway, uh, Todd Grisham asks Chris Jericho about his mindset or what his mindset is going into his WWE title match against John Cena tonight. Jericho said that he's going to make sure Cena will be just another flavor of the month. He reminds us that he beat The Rock and Stone Cold in the same night, in case you forgot. Uh, he hadn't reminded us yet in the last week or so. Uh, and he says that Cena just can't compare to them. He finishes by saying that after tonight, Eric Bischoff will have a champion he can be proud of. Okay. Uh... Yeah. So, we go from that to, um, I don't know how to describe this, but it's Eugene with Christy Hemi versus Kurt Angle. And a match that went about four and a half minutes. Yikes. Eugene's Kurt, wearing... Now, this is Kurt Angle, by the way. The real Kurt Angle. Yep, not a cheap The greatest pure wrestler ever created by God. Wrestling <laughs> Eugene at the second biggest show of the year. Yep. Let that sink in. <laughs> uh, Eugene is wearing Kurt's gold medals that he won in a match. And Christy Hemi is dressed like a cheerleader. For reasons. Because, so, you know, whenever you win an Olympic gold medal, they always give you two little small ones. <laughs> what the hell? Uh, oh, by the way, the thing that Kurt actually talked about, because um, uh, Conrad flat out asked him, he was like, that, those couldn't have been your real gold medals, were they? And he said, at first they were, but then he had a scare of one going missing at one point. So ever since then, they made replicas. So, But he said for the longest time. But they time, are not good replicas because they're hella small. Yeah, right. Well, he said for the longest time he did wear his legit gold medal to the ring. I'm like, ah, that's um, kind of that's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see if it pays off for him. <laughs> but Angle jump starts this by just beating the holy hell out of Eugene. Jump start. Sorry. <laughs> Whenever Eugene starts to fight back, Angle cuts him off right away until Eugene starts imitating other wrestlers. In the end, Angle locks in the ankle lock for the win. Uncle Dave and I both gave it dose stars. What say you? 
I gave it two only because Kurt was in it and did what he could to make it good. Did you notice the crowd yeah. at this point was already turning on Eugene, by the way? Yeah, right. I have a, like, I think I have they had a, they'd had enough of this. Like, oh, it was cute for a minute. Dude, this was just like it, it had beyond run its course. And it was so like. I thought it was funny with, with Regal for a minute here and there, but. Yeah, but then it was just like they were doing uh, they were doing stuff where they're literally like if you take this as he's really a special needs person, people are taking advantage of and beating the crap out of a special needs guy. Yeah, I think what they got around that, because remember, they had GR say on commentary, well, you know, he signed the contract and, you know, he signed so? his own accord. I know I'm not. Yeah, I not, know. I'm simply just saying this is what they said. <laughs> I know. Oh, man. Do you remember when he got the paint dumped on him by DX? I do. And, and then, like, he never cleaned it off. He just had paint on his boots forever. Yeah, it reminded me of when Sting got the bloodbath in Vampiro. Yeah. Ugh, for God's sake. This was yeah, just... He had it for, like, a couple of weeks, too, remember? And I'm not going to say the word, but they used the R word for Eugene for a little while. It was about a month or so, maybe longer, until... I think the TV network came down on him and was like, dude, you can't say that. Why should you be told you can't say that? Shouldn't you just know? Because it's Vince McMahon. He has to be told. Look, man, here's the line. Don't cross it. <sighs> I don't know. <laughs> You're right. He should know, but he just doesn't. Like, we'll do it until we get caught. God dang it. But after the match, Kurt Angle grabs we've a seen, chair. We've heard them say we're way more offensive things, to be fair, though. He <laughs> dropped the N-word himself on pay-per-view. With the A at the end. People don't seem to realize that. I'm yes, not still. excusing it. I'm simply saying it is a very different context. I'm not excusing it. I'm With simply Booker saying, T standing right yeah, there. Who also dropped the exact same word on pay-per-view at one point, too. So... His was hilarious because it was a slip of the tongue, and I was like, holy crap. And he called Hulk Hogan that. <laughs> that made it even funnier. <sighs> but anyway. I'm simply saying that people know there is a difference. I'm not saying right. it's okay to use the word. I'm simply saying there is a huge difference in context. So. Yep. Anyway, after the match, uh, Kurt Angle grabs a chair and slides it in. Chrissy Hemme tries to shield Eugene, but Angle grabs Eugene. He chucks him out of the ring. He then Took sets a up. major pop, by the way. Oh, yeah. Well, he sets up a chair, and he tells the truck to hit his music. Angle then stands on the chair and makes the referee put the, his medal on him like he's at the Olympics, while the crowd gives him a standing ovation. Like, they cheered the crap out of him. Now, <laughs> it makes you wonder if the whole plan was him and Cena the next month, or this is what turned the tide. But whatever. Maybe. I don't know. Why is, like, you don't have anything better for Kurt Angle at SummerSlam than this? Uh, keep in mind, the previous SummerSlam Triple H wrestled Eugene, so. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, they thought Eugene was big enough to start to put in there with these, these, like, Hall of Famer legends and stuff. <laughs> Look, uh, you know, God bless Triple H, man. Yeah, like, I don't know if it's arrogance or what, but, I mean, he put himself in the ring with some clunkers, man. Like, he had a match against the great Kali. I believe I mean, on that's, that's at that point I'm starting to be like, did he? Uh, yeah, maybe he did. <laughs> it's like, hey, uh, pops, uh, maybe don't book me, put uh, book me against the great Collie. No, pal, god dang it, you wasn't that SummerSlam too? Oh, uh, I don't. Was. 
I don't remember that one. I, I it probably was. Yeah. Yikes. <sighs> anyway, we get the most random segment of all time up next, by the way, where multiple divas are washing a limousine. Okay, hold on. Last week on the pod, I clearly said that this was the best part of the whole night. <laughs> wow. Now, I want to point out, I stand by my word. <laughs> it's like um, the ones I remember off the, t- off the top of my head are Tori Wilson, Maria Canellis, um, Candace Michelle, Candace Michelle, and I think Stacy Keebler. Uh, yeah, so those four, they're Maybe. all washing. I remember uh, she was there. I think she was. It was some other blonde. I know that. Either way, uh, they're washing a limousine and being all sexy about it, getting all soaped up. They then spray soap suds off the side of the limo to reveal the United States presidential seal. The back window rolls down to reveal Vince McMahon, who says, hey, why not? And then Hail to the Chief starts to play as the camera reveals a bumper sticker on the back of the limousine that says McMahon for president and the crowd cheers. (sighs) I mean, you're Donald Trump, you president. Yeah, I just. I'm not gonna uh, lie. By the way, watching this live, I actually thought it was W for a minute. <laughs> yeah, it rolls down the window, and he's like, he's "Like, uh, mission accomplished, girls." No, that'd be Bill Clinton, dude. Now you're getting your history mixed up. Yeah, maybe I'm combining a couple of them. <laughs> it's like, hey, you need to washify a little bit more on the back window for Kerr. You need a washify for all your wash vacation needs yeah you got more washification thing uh instruments down there because uh, the uh, the mission is not quite accomplished yet <laughs> and i haven't finished either i mean uh wow. <laughs> <laughs> all right anyway it's getting better from here on out i promise uh this match what do you mean? Yeah, like this is bad <laughs> it's uh weird i'll say that it was <laughs> random as hell never mind lord uh, but this match is The Undertaker versus Randy Orton rematch from WrestleMania. It goes 17 minutes, 17 seconds. I don't think this was quite as good as a WrestleMania match, but it was damn good. Towards the end, an old man in a ball cap gets in the ring and gets escorted out. This distracts The Undertaker long enough for Orton to hit an RKO on The Undertaker for the win. Uncle Dave gave it two and three quarter stars. I gave it an even three. What do you say? I give it three. I'm right there with you. I don't think it was as good as the WrestleMania match, but damn good. I can't remember off the top of my head when I gave the WrestleMania match. I want to say it was three and a half, maybe four. I think I said four on that one. Also, when I was watching this back, I forgot about this moment. I'm like, who the hell is that? Oh, I, yeah. I do remember that when watching it live, I feel like I knew it was Bob Orton. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, looking back, okay, I actually gave the WrestleMania match three stars, but I still think it was better than this. Uh, not that this match was bad, by the way. It just, like I said, it wasn't as good. I think it picks up more halfway through the match. But after the match, uh, Randy Orton hugs the old man in the ramp, and he takes off the old man's hair and prosthetic face to reveal that it's Cowboy Bob Orton Jr. Got- still carrying Roddy Piper's bags, by the way. <laughs> yeah, right. Oh, man. Then the Undertaker gets angry. He storms after them up the ramp. This would lead to uh, a lot of stuff involving the Undertaker, Orton, well, and the Ortons. And it culminated... Getting burned in a casket. Oh, yeah. And it all culminated to, or with um, 
uh, Bob Orton getting seen or getting shown the door in WWE because they found out he had was Hep C and he never uh, divulged that information and he was bleeding around the Undertaker and apparently the Undertaker almost killed him. Yeah, so, yeah. I mean, I'd be pissed too. Yeah, if I found out a dude was openly bleeding near me and he had a disease that can be transmitted through the blood, yeah, I wouldn't be super happy about that. <sighs> but anyway, up next is the WWE title match. It's John Cena defending the title against Chris Jericho. This went just shy of 15 minutes. I feel like this was good, but somewhat clunky in spots. Uh, could just be John Cena's style. But the crowd was the most electric during this match, and they had been all night, I think. Uh, at this point, John Cena was really letting his acting chops show when he was selling for Jericho. I think, didn't he do the Marine around this time, or he was getting ready to? I think he'd already done it. That's when he got stabbed by Jesus. Oh, yeah, that's right. That effing storyline. Dude, as a kid, I bought into that. I thought he legit got stabbed off screen. <laughs> I, I like, I wanted to believe it, damn it. I mean, I didn't want him to get stabbed, but it's just, I was like, why would they make that up? Well, now we know. There is a rumor that this was supposed to be Christian's spot, but he had already left. Oh, yeah, he was in TNA at this point. Oh, wait, right. no. They shipped him to SmackDown, I think. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Uh, well, he was okay, hold on. I'm getting things confused. Right. I think he was supposed to be, I think, the next match. It was supposed to be in the next match, not JBL. That's ah, it. okay. Yeah, okay. They went to SmackDown. It was supposed to be that, and then they took it away, and that's a rumor. That's why he left. Don't know if that's true. Yeah, uh, rumor was that, uh, especially around this time, Vince McMahon kept like making remarks about how ugly Christian was, and he wanted to like superimpose a blue dot over his face whenever he was on the screen. I think his wife might disagree. Yeah, right. Uh, kudos to him, by the way, for having the same wife for, like, ever. Uh, that's that's a rarity in wrestling. But any, anyway... Think, what, uh, maybe him and Kevin Owens, and that's it? Something about Canadians. Yeah, right. Hey, have you seen Kevin Owens' wife? I mean, I, I, I wouldn't want to trade that model in either. But Jericho finally goes for a move off the ropes... John Cena tilt-a-whirls him into an F U. He did not have to win with a move off the ropes, by the way. That was... <laughs> wow. Uh, but John Cena tilt-a-whirls him into an F U for the win. Uncle Dave gave it three and three-quarter stars. I didn't think it was quite that good. I gave it three. Let's say you. I gave it three. I thought... I think at this point, this was Cena's best match, though. Ever. At this yeah, point. this was good. I thought that was a cool way to get into the F U. Uh, like off the ropes, like a tilt a whirl into it. That was that was pretty sweet. Um, this is uh, before anti Cena, so he's getting cheered like hell by the way. Oh yeah, Jericho was getting some cheers. Uh, it was like back and forth for him, but yeah, John Cena was still they were still pretty electric for him. It wasn't just little kids at this point either. By the way, it was like everybody liked Cena, me included. He still I think somewhere between here and WrestleMania was when people turn on him. Yeah, and. He had, like, his fans were still called the the Chain Gang, not the C-Nation. He was still doing the F-U, not the Attitude Adjustment. So, yeah. I don't even thought about it like that. That's a huge change. Yeah, F right. F-U and a Chain Gang, literally by the rope. Yeah, right. Oh. Uh, but, yep, we get two world title matches back-to-back -back here. 
Up next, it is Batista defending his World Heavyweight title against John Bradshaw Layfield in a no-holds-barred match that went nine minutes, six seconds. JBL jumps Batista on the we stage. we got to point out, this is Batista's hometown, by the way. So, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah, people love him, but it's also that. So, I guess yeah, he was that's pop, true. Like, Hell yeah, he does. And I uh, want to also say, this is like the first year of like him as, as Batista, not just like the evolution guy. Right. And to me, 2005 is his greatest year ever. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, that's when I, when I really became a fan of his 2004, 2005, um, is when I, uh, really became a fan. JBL jumps Batista on the stage. As soon as Batista finishes his machine gun pyro, they brawl through the crowd. Start. <laughs> Another one. Uh, they brawl through the crowd to ringside and Batista spears JBL through the barricade. Both men take turns beating the dog crap out of each other in the ring. Batista kicks out of a clothesline from hell at one point. In the end, he hits a spinebuster on JBL, followed by a Batista bomb. He picks him up. Batista bombs him one more time on the steel steps for the that pinfall win. That was sick, win. by the way. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because uh, JBL had brought the bottom of the steps in. And didn't he do that to Triple H once, or was it just a spinebuster? He was a spinebuster, yeah. And I'm pretty sure we, yeah, it was uh, one of our first shows wasn't um vengeance it was vengeance yeah but i don't remember what movie did yeah it was in the hell yeah uh, right go back in in the archives now it's one of one of our very first podcasts we talk about that um but yeah either way uh uncle dave and i disagreed on this one he only gave it two stars i actually gave it three what say you i gave it two as well i just just I feel like it could have been a lot better, but it also could have been a lot worse, too. So I thought this was some of the best of JBL just because he shined in these kind of matches. And he wasn't that good of a wrestler. He was kind of boring. But in these kind of matches, I felt he did great because he just gets to beat on people. He just called a wrestling god boring, but whatever. (laughs) Dude, that's why I couldn't stand his WWE title run, because he was just his matches were like, ugh. Unless he was in there with somebody that was like way better than him, like, which uh, was a lot of the time. Yeah, but even then, it's like they dragged sometimes. Like you remember his uh, his matches against Big Show. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah, those sucked. All right, well we're about to get into the main event, which means our second to last break is here. When we come back, we're gonna dive into the reason we're here. Main event time right after this. Follow the Main Event Marks at Facebook.com forward slash Main Event Marks Pod, on Twitter at Main Event underscore Marks, and on Instagram at Main Event underscore Marks, and at Main Event Collector. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. When you want an easy way to feel like a chef in your own home, try Blue Apron's two and four serving menu plans so you're always cooking something new and enjoying fresh seasonal ingredients. Choose from an ever-changing mix of premium recipes, chef favorites, family-friendly options, WW recommended, and more. 
Get $130 off across your first six orders, plus your first order ships free when you visit blueapron.com slash blueculinary. It's open enrollment for the ACA Health Insurance Marketplace. If you want to enroll in a new health plan or update your current one, GetCoveredIllinois.gov can help you navigate health coverage to find a quality health plan. Find out if you qualify for financial help and get free enrollment assistance. Our local navigators are here for you. Your simplified health plan coverage journey starts at GetCoveredIllinois.gov. Marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we are back. Yeah, we're back. Last time for the event. It's Shawn Michaels versus Hulk Hogan in a legend versus icon match. It went 21 yes, and a half that, minutes. that match. <laughs> yeah. And you'll know why in a second. <laughs> well, the crowd blows for Shawn, but they absolutely shatter the freaking roof for Hogan. When Hulk is on the stage, a giant American flag unravels behind him and he salutes it. Sean laughs in the ring and makes a digging motion like he's getting buried. Uh, I I don't know why that always made me laugh. It's like, dude, he's just like full on like FK, babe. But you can't help but notice the stark contrast in size, by the way, between these two men. Is that just me or did you? No, but to be fair, Sean's like a small dude, too. He is, and Hogan's massive. So, but put them two together against each other. It looks like a son is wrestling with his dad. <laughs> yeah, uh, his son was balding. <laughs> good lord! Hey, you never know. Chavo Junior was balding at one point until he went to Bosley's. Uh, almost like that may almost, be a Latin thing. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, you got some friends you can ask. <laughs> you got a little thin on top as we speak, so we'll move on. <laughs> Almost from the beginning, Shawn Michaels is doing a cell job like Lex Luthor does for Superman. Uh, Shawn eventually jumps on Hogan like a damn pit bull and just hammers away with right hands, eventually busting Hogan open. Hulk's blood runs down his face and runs into his eyes. When Hogan goes for a big boot at one point, Shawn pulls the ref in the way and he gets bumped. Uh, Shawn eventually locks in a sharpshooter to taunt the crowd and a new ref slides in. Hogan breaks it and kicks Sean into the second ref, bumping him. This is a Hogan match. You got to get multiple ref bumps in there, brother. It's usually uh, Earl Hebner, but I know. Uh, Sean low blows Hogan and gets a chair, nailing Hogan in the head with it. HBK uh, does end up hitting Sweet Chin music, but Hogan kicks out and hulks up. Was that a Young Buck super kick? Because that was a no sell. Nah, it's only a Young Buck one if it's followed by twelve more. Which are all no sold. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, it's right there in the tail. You need 12 of them. Yeah, right. And nobody gets pinned off of them, ever. <sighs> but anyway, Hogan hits the punches, the big boot. Sean pops up and flops down. My favorite part of that was, like, he hits the big boot and, like, turns around. And Sean gets up and, like, does a front flip and, and lands on the mat. And Hogan turns uh, around. And... Did, did you notice that Hogan smiled at that part, by the way? What I noticed, like, he turns around and he sees, like, Sean standing after it, and he put, he throws his arms up almost like, what the F? <laughs> uh, yeah, like, that's, that's the reaction I got from it, because he was like, what? And then, oh, and then he flops over and he's like, oh. <laughs> oh, man. Freaking Sean, just all damn night with that. Uh, but Hogan calls for it, 
he gets the crowd all fired up, and he nails that leg drop for the win. Good night, folks. This may have been Hulk's very last good match. Uncle Dave and I both oh, gave it. him and Orton next year is pretty good. Yeah, I, I'll have to go back and watch that one. But either way, Uncle Dave and I both gave this three and a half stars. What say you? I gave it three as well. Damn good match. Uh, you would think all that flopping around stuff detracted from it. It did a little bit, but not enough to bring it down to a horrible match, though. It, I mean, it was goofy and clearly oversold, but at the same time, it wasn't, like, super, like, Maybe the only one that thought it added a little bit to it. It did add a little bit to it. That's why I didn't hate it too much. Uh, I Like, it made me laugh at times. I mean, it, it just... wasn't quite, like, Young Buck stupid. It was pretty <laughs> freaking close. I don't know why the hell they just came out twice, by the way. But, you know, I mean, they do crap like this, too. But, like... yeah. Well, this is why, like, um, like I said, like, Sean is, like, half the size of Hulk, so you could realistically see he's getting his ass bumped around by, by Hogan, you know? Or just throwing, period. <laughs> yeah, right. But after a pose down from the Hulkster, Sean stands up and puts out his hand, saying, I needed to know, and I found out. Uh, Hogan shakes his hand, they jaw jack a bit before and then uh sean leaves hulk gives sean respect before doing another pose down because hulk must pose pal well considering the buy rate for this is he wrong <laughs> nope and it's yet another uh, this was the final close of SummerSlam hulk hogan pose down wasn't it yeah i only hear when he closes the next year yeah so you got to get one more in I mean, he, I don't know how many, I didn't count them up, but I'm sure there were a handful of uh, SummerSlams he closed in the past with his, his uh, pose downs. I mean, hell, well, we just covered yeah, one. Probably last. from 88 to 91, at least. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, well, yeah, if anybody goes back and listens uh, two weeks ago, we covered uh, 91. He closed the show there. And, uh, well, his partner is long gone, uh, you know, at the end yeah, of match. Sure, so. sure, 88, him and Macho Man pose probably, and 89, him and Brutus do. So, yeah. Uh, what closes? 90, 90 doesn't close. It's the cage match, so. Ah, okay. Yeah, so. Yeah, he skipped a year, so this is the fourth, probably. Well, probably he skipped a year, but, you know, it was the Warrior, so it was another guy probably posing. I don't remember if he posed or not, but it was the uh, Warrior, so there you go. God damn it, pal, Warrior must pose. They, who they attempt to replace Hogan with, so it all comes around to full circle, right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, man, Hulk Hogan was, uh. Well, his second fiddle, man, he took on Earthquake in uh, the second-to-last match. I mean, not get... a count-out finish, too? That was stupid. So oh, the, whole, that the horrible match. SummerSlam finishes go back a long way, huh? Yeah. Ah, man, we'll have to review that one someday. It will not be next year, but it'll be someday. But anyway, that does it for that event. Uh, we're going to take our final break. When we come back, we're going to let you know the final ratings of the show and what is coming up next week going into uh, September here on the podcast. Follow the main event marks at facebook.com forward slash main event marks pod on Twitter at main event underscore marks and on Instagram at main event underscore marks and at main event collector. Fanatics offers the world's largest collection of official sports apparel and gear from all the leagues, teams, and players that you love, including the NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL, NCAA, NASCAR, soccer, and golf. 
They even offer esports gear for the gamers among us. You can shop by brand, sport, team, or player. And if you sign up for fan cash, you get exclusive weekly deals. So head on over to Fanatics.com today. Fanatics is a sponsor of the main event Marks and Unhinged Sports Network. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Buy four tires and get up to $200 in savings after rebate at Bell Tire's year-end sale. Or get even more in Bell Tire gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Plus, get tires as low as $49 after rebate. Get up to $200 in savings. Or get even more in gift cards, December 26th through January 7th. Get up to $200 in savings. And choose the lowest tire price, period, at Bell Tire. 100 years of getting folks safely back on the road fast and affordably. See storebelltire.com for details. Restrictions apply. Now open in Orland Park. The main event marks are available wherever you get podcasts and on YouTube. Now back to the show. And we're back. Final ratings time. Oh, before uh, we get going, oh, hold on. There you go. I uh, had to get one in, huh? <laughs> yours, yours I got mine in at the beginning. You get yours in at the end. Always oh, yeah. bringing up the rear. <laughs> Uh, oh, anyway, good lord. Did you uh, see the Ash last night? Never mind, keep going. Oh, good lord. Uh, final ratings from IMDb gave this show a 7.1 out of 10. Cagematch.net gave it a 6.8 out of 10. I gave it an 8 out of 10. So, B, what say you? I said B minus, so I'm like right there. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good show. Uh, definitely heavily recommended. The main event I thought was awesome. Uh, the, the last three matches were really good, or four matches, excuse me. So I think you can skip over the first two and start from there if you want with the ladder match. Yeah, you can do the ladder and, match. <laughs> although you don't have to, because even if you don't, you're only wasting five minutes of your life, so you're fine. Yeah, <laughs> I know. Yeah, because if you think about it, the bad matches on the show were a combined, like, ten minutes. Almost like, you know what, we know it's going to suck, so let's get them out of the way quick, which I can right. heavily respect. Yeah, right, because the first two matches were combined, what do you say, five minutes, and then, and then you know, the next match is uh, four and a half minutes, so, you know, you're wasting, like, ten minutes, and the rest of the show is damn good. So, I like it. It was, uh, it was a really good show. I'm glad I finally sat and watched it start to finish. Don't regret it. And, uh, yeah, I guess that means we're officially into September, man. And uh, yes. we're, opening, we're, we're opening up September with two 25-year anniversary shows back-to-back, uh, both from 96, same month. First, on September 1st, we're covered next week. We are covering WCW's Fall Brawl 1996. This was the first, um, I think, first time the NWO was all together in a match. Oh, yeah, War Games. Yeah. Yes. Yep, looking forward to, to seeing that. I, I've seen it in the past, but I'm looking forward to seeing it again and jogging my memory. Well, this will be a good trip down memory lane. 
I'm not even going to look, but I, I only remember the War Games match off the top of my head, so that would be fun. I'm almost certain there's a couple of epic Cruiserweight matches on there. I'm sure. Mark knows uh, in the WWE, so we know Johnny Bad's not opening, so there's that. <laughs> right. Uh, and then September 8th, we're covering WWF In Your House Mind Games for its 25-year anniversary. And so those those both took place in the same month. It'll be nice to look at. That was another that one. That one could be a hidden gem. I know Mankind Michaels is damn good. I don't remember the rest. Maybe Vader and Sid have a match. Uh, I'm blinking. I no, was... that's Buried Alive, so uh, I don't know. I, I just remember it was a good show. Um, I got to go back and watch it I, again. Yeah, I like it when you pick the ones that I forgot all about. Yeah, I, I don't remember the entire card start to finish, but I, I remember it was good. Looking forward to going and see or to uh, going back and watching that. But yeah, uh, September will be a fun month, and we'll uh, talk about more as the month goes on. It's a six-show month, so that'll be fun. It's a month where uh, TJ and I get to physically hang out. Oh, yeah, Extreme Rules. Just verbally. Yep. Yep, looking forward to that. that. That'll be fun. Yeah, we'll bring more on that as time draws near as well. But, uh, yeah, if, uh, for all of you listening on the podcast feed, definitely uh, don't forget to subscribe and leave a review, five stars. And uh, if you're uh, listening on the podcast feed and you want to catch us live, unhingedsn.airtime.pro live every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. The immediate replace right after at 9.30 uh, Eastern, 6.30 Pacific. Thanks for joining me today, Greg. Mm-hmm. And we will see you all next week with Ball Brawl 96. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.